0: Children, by and by, when the morning comes, all the saints of God together in home, we will tell the story how we overcome, and we'll understand it better by and by. Trials dark on every hand, and we cannot understand. Always God will lead us to the blessed promised land. He will guide us with his eye, and we'll follow till we die, and we'll understand it better by and by. Oh boy. Hey, Tom Richardson here. It is April the 11th, 2022. That's Elvis. I love Elvis's gospel. Something I've been thinking about for a little while, and uh, today, no news. Nope, none. No talk of shots, wars, or agendas by the strange people that inhabit our planet with us. Today, we're just going to start Strip that all away. I need a break. And I know that everybody else does. Because every once in a while you just need to put that stuff back. You know, it'll it'll drag you down. It'll it'll literally it can make you sick. And uh, here at Removing Confusion, that's where you're at. We uh, we don't want to do that to you. If you're fifty five and up, T Mobile has Excuse that. That was the song coming to an end. I uh, want to talk about something today. It's a little bit lighter, maybe. A little bit lighter, a little bit easier. Uh, we probably won't go way over our normal, <laughs> I don't know, maybe a half an hour. But it's going to be Bible. We're going to talk about the Bible. We're going we're gonna to talk about something that we can infuse into our lives. As God would want us to, as Jesus would want us to, and uh, these are His words, as a matter of fact. And we're going to start. If you want to, go ahead and if you want to, if you want to, if you have a Bible close to you, if you're using one of those newfangled contraptions that you can listen to me and look at the look it up on the uh, internet at the same time. Matthew five, Matthew five. Matthew 5 and verse number 13 is where we're going to hit. And then we'll, as I always do when I do a Bible study, I, I don't just stay on one thing and leave it there. But we're going to read a little bit of scripture because that's really, you know, it's where we need to be. And and especially in the world that's swirling around us, you know. And we'll we'll discuss those things on another day. This is the day after Palm Sunday. If you went to church and, and uh, you got the fellowship of folks, and you got to sing a few songs, and no matter what they are. I don't care if they're contemporary. I don't care if they're hymns. Uh, I know what my particular taste is. but You know, you can't get stuck on things. As long as you stay spiritual and build up. Matthew five verse 13, ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has, has, <laughs> if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth no good for nothing. I, I added a word, sorry, it is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. It's an interesting verse. Um, firstly, let's talk about salt. You know, salt's a very important thing. My wife made fun of me a few years ago when I, when I worked and I flew a lot. I read a lot of books. And a friend of mine was reading this book. It was called Salt. <laughs> uh, it was not the book that they made, the movie uh, that it starred Angelina Jolie as a spy. And it. it was actually a book about Salt and how salt was manufactured and how salt became a commodity item that people traded with, how people would use salt. I mean, you know, because you need salt. Our bodies need salt. Uh, you can use salt to uh, temper the land and, and make it uh, more profitable. Now, if you use too much, it, it'll it'll ruin it. But the right amount of salt thrown around. Uh, a lot of gardeners use Epsom salts. Maybe water it down and sprinkle it about. It's you know it's got that magnesium and salt that's good for the earth and good for the plants, nutrients. Anyway, this book was rather interesting. How it went through the whole you know mining and uh, selling and buying and trading and bartering and you know everything about salt. So Jesus says, ye are the salt of the earth. That's us. Those of us who know the Lord are salt. Now, what is, let's look at that. You know, you're a grain of salt or you're, you're the commodity of salt. You're worth something, but you also have a certain amount of uh, work that you can do. Salt in the old days, like that, and, and right up to modern days, uh, is used as a preservative. You know, we, we have you go to the Chinese restaurant, and it's always the old MSG, monosodium glutamate, and it's a predis- predominantly a manufactured salt thing some people are very allergic to. But salt is a preservative you, th- that you would take it and rub it on meat because they didn't have refrigerators in Jesus' day. They'd rub it all over the meat, and people did that up until in the 1800s and, uh, and even in the uh, early part of the 20th century. I think some probably still do, the Amish maybe, or, or folks that, that have a smokehouse. They'd rub the pork down with that salt, and that preserved it. You know, you'd scrape that salt off of it, and then you'd cook it or cut off a chunk and eat it. And that's what we are to do. We can be a preservative. You know, when we come in contact with other people, we we want to help preserve them. You know, salt keeps things from rotting. It keeps things from corrupting. It's, it's, a, it's a very viable source to use for certain things just like that. So we are the salt of the earth. You know, people say, oh, he's just the salt of the earth. You know, and where did they get that from? Well, it says right here, Jesus says, "Ye are the salt of the earth." But if the salt has lost its savor, now you know. Here's the thing: salt, evidently, I've not witnessed it, but you know, in Jesus says so, the salt loses its savor, it gets to the point where it doesn't really have its saltiness anymore. It, it it's for good for nothing. And you might as well pitch it out. And it says here that it was, that, what do you do with it? You cast it out to be trod under the foot of men. Now, there are several very good teachers that I've had over the years. And one of them was Steve Mitchell. Steve Mitchell gave this uh, very good explanation years ago about salt. You know, with this particular thing about it being trodden under the feet of men. What they would do, in jesus day say in jerusalem you'd go out you could either buy a chunk from somebody or you would go to the dead sea on your own where there was a multitude i mean just plentiful amounts of salt and you they'd take a you know hammer or whatever crack off a big chunk and take it back and they'd set that piece right there on a the table and when you needed to salt something yeah you know, you'd tap off what you needed you know or maybe they'd get somebody to sit and grain it down you know but there was also impurities in the salt there was dirt and maybe rocks that got in there that you couldn't clean it all out it's inside so when you got to that part they would just take it and throw it out the door and people would walk on it because you know there the maybe the streets were wet that salt would keep it you know it was a It was a community thing to keep people from slipping and falling on those cobblestone rocks. So when the salt was down to where it was no more good, as they say down south, no more good, as they say, you know, you'd just toss it outside. It'd get crumbled under the feet of men. Now, a, a very interesting thing here about this whole thing. Go over to Mark nine, Mark nine, while we're while we're kind of playing around here a bit, and to take on the same thing. To take on the same thing. Mark chapter nine, verse number fifty. Fifty. Salt is good, but if the salt hath lost his saltiness, wherewith ye, where, wherewith will ye season it? have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another another play on that um you know have salt within yourself something that preserves that that spirit within you uh, the spirit holy spirit lives in each one of us we don't need salt to keep him going but you know you you kind of do in your own life you know what you feed your spirit builds your spirit or tears him down. You know, you, you, you give it too much. You, you put too much garbage in, garbage out. G-I-G-O, that's an old saying from the old days. And also God in and God out. You know, if you take in the word of God, yeah, that's what comes out of you. So you can salt other people who maybe need that little extra bit of preserving or uh, savoring. Now, an interesting thing, too, back there in that Matthew chapter 5, where he said, uh, if the salt hath lost his savor, there's a Greek word that goes with that whole little phrase, hath off his savor," savor, and it's moreno. The Greek word is moreno. That word moreno is where we get the word moron. So if you have lost your savor, if you've lost your saltiness, if you've kind of dumbed, it's getting dumbed down. Actually you have, you become more ignorant. You're not feeding yourself on the word of God, uh, you, you are, you're, you're sitting there listening to the things that uh, just break you down. You can't really convey then the Word of God to somebody else, because that salt has lost his savor. It's become ignorant, insipid. no strength flat and tasteless. How many flat tasteless sermons can you sit through before you say, I need more. We need to really dig deep in our Bible sometimes because you go for that hour on Sunday morning, you're not going to get what you need. I'm telling you that right now. Oh, and people say, my preacher's are good preacher. Well, you may be. But how much of it do you retain after you walk out of the building? Some people only remember the stories that these guys add into their sermons. And those are good because sometimes that's what you need. But that's all they know. It, what, was the, what was the Bible verse? Well, let me get my bulletin out. You know, and I'm, I'm just as bad. I'm, a lot of times I'm not all there. But people... We need to feed ourselves, we need to keep our saltiness up, our savor, because you know you know, you know as well as I do if you, I, don't, I don't care where you're at. You know that there are people around you that, that just don't get it. When you want to talk about the Bible, they don't. They'll either cut you off or change the subject or something. They have no desire. Now, these are people also that will be sitting in the church on Sunday morning. They may be there Sunday night and Wednesday if you have those services in your church. But they aren't going to sit at home in, in a in a mixed group, you know, when you get together for maybe a, an Easter dinner, which is coming up. Oh, I'm sorry, Resurrection Day Sunday uh, dinner. Christmas even. You know, when you get all get together, and everybody, nobody wants to talk about Jesus. They want to talk about the Browns, or they want to talk about uh, football, which is American football. To those of you outside of America, very few people here will ever talk about what we call soccer here. <laughs> but, you know, you understand if you're in Europe, and I know we have some listeners over that way, or Japan, you know, you have real football. And do you... Hear more talk of that? What's Manchester doing, or what's uh, Chelsea, or or you know, whatever doing? You bring up Jesus. Ah, now yeah, come on, we're gonna eat now. We don't get, we don't want to get into nothing heavy. Even though you know the days that we typically gather like that at Christmas is you know, even though we pretty much know it's not Christ's actual birthday, okay? But it's a celebration of his life. It's a celebration of the beginnings of Jesus on earth. And Easter or Resurrection Day is the day we celebrate when he rose from the grave. He was killed on a cross and rose from the grave three days later lots of good arguments about that one too we won't go into that but you know if you don't want to engage in these things these these i'm not saying these people aren't saved that just ah, get away from me with all that but they've lost something they've lost something you don't want to become ignorant in the eyes of god you don't want to become moronic in the eyes of God. Now there are people who can't help it due to, you know, physical ailments or some thing that's come over them. You know, Alzheimer's and those kinds of things. You can't, you can't do much with that. Uh, but I have known folks with dementia, you know, not, not real horrible dementia, but yeah, that thing where they can't remember stuff from five minutes ago. And they'll remember Bible verses and finish them for you. My, my, my late wonderful mother-in-law was good at that. Uh, we would, I'd, I'd say study to show yourself approved and she'd chime in and finish that whole thing right off. And I'd look at her. That's awesome. <laughs> A workman, not, not to be ashamed, rightly divide rightly dividing the word of God. And, you know, but, you know, she so might say, what are we doing? <laughs> awesome. She's a great lady. Great lady. But people who have their regular senses, and we all kind of slip as we get older, those who just decide, nah, don't want nothing, to talk about this Jesus stuff and church. We go to church to hear that. No, not interested or they don't read their Bible, or they don't study it, or they don't, you know, some people read it, and they don't study it. They just read it like it's a book. And they may say, well, God showed me something, and, you know, they don't, but they aren't, they're not grasping it hard enough to get in there and really feel it. They aren't searching and trying to connect scriptures together. Scripture and scripture, you know, yet context co-text. There's a text somewhere that usually goes with another, and it makes it all fit together. It builds that tapestry or that mosaic till you have the full picture of what God's trying to tell us. If we don't look at the Bible in these different ways and try to understand what Jesus was saying, we lose it. We kind of become... Morano. In Romans one twenty two, it says, "Professing to be wise, they became fools." Marano. Same Greek word. We don't want to fall into that category with God. I would rather somebody. You know, I have people that just. They hate what I put on Facebook when I do, when I do. There's some that, oh, I don't get what you're saying. Well, don't read it. <laughs> Just keep going. Because I'm not going to sit here and explain every thought that I might put out there on a social media, which I do very, very seldom. But when I do, there's always some guy that's going to come along or gal. Usually it's guys. Guys think they know everything. But they don't because they may have all professing to be wise. They have become fools. You may have multiple degrees. You may be a master in everything or have a master's degree. But you don't really get it, do you? Oh, I studied Bible in the college and I I did this and that and the other. And then when you left the college, you never picked it up again. It was required then. In real life, it's not. It's just an old archaic book. And oh, good Lord, Tom's using the King James Version. I also have the New American here and a few other ones. It's just, you know, argument, argument, argument. Simple stuff right here, though, isn't it? Professing to be wise, they became morons or moranos if the salt hath lost its savor morano moreno it is tasteless it's utterly devoid of what i need preacher stands there on a sunday and gives you one verse of scripture and then scurries off onto a thousand different other things, down to rabbit trails. And, and you know what? You can sit there and watch these guys on TV, you know, like Joel Osteen. Do the same thing, even if he gives you scripture. They just bounce around all over the place. You can be a better person. Big smile, all kinds of teeth. Nice hair, you know, blonde wife. And I, what do you get? When you're done, do you feel like, you've been preserved or do you just feel like stupider when, when, when a Bible study happens and it should happen every time, you know, I'll tell you, I, I, I'll say this to, if you're a pastor out there, suppose it, or a preacher, every time you have the opportunity to stand behind that pulpit, no matter what it's made out of wood or glass or steel or whatever, plexiglass this is your opportunity you have how many ever people are sitting in front of you if it's 20 or 20,000 it's an opportunity for you to reach out there and touch someone not with stories not with gruesomeness not with oh little light-hearted jabs and giles it's your chance to open up God's word like we're doing today. Now, I'm not bragging on me. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm, I'm, not. I'm, I'm adding lots of things in, too. But I'm trying to stay within the context of what we're talking about. If you stand there and you don't do that, if you leave the Bible out of it or or whatever, and then you roll it around to the end, everybody wants to do an altar call, you know, get everybody down there on the on the floor weeping and ready to be baptized or whatever they do in your church. That's notches in, oh, look what I got a few here today. I really touched them. No, you didn't. You just, you know, played the right song, whatever it is. But the Bible is what keeps us salty. The word of God. Prayer helps to build up our saltiness keeps our savor gives us that to keep going gives us the ability to want more because once you get the saltiness you know in your life when when you personally start to get this saltiness this savor into your life when you start to feel the Murano going away and the godly intelligence coming in you want more and you'll strive for that more and more every day it drives you closer and closer to God Jesus when he went into the wilderness to be tempted it says the spirit compelled him to go out there this is a son of God The spirit kind of drove him into the wilderness. He he was obedient. He went. We need to be the same way in this regard. We need to let the spirit drive us into this book. We need to have the spirit drive us into a church where we are going to be built up. We need the spirit to drive us to do the best we can do and then salt and preserve others around us as much as we can. Not all of us have a pulpit. Not all of us have a microphone like this and a, and, and the ability to put things out on the Internet. I, and, you know, I don't care how many people listen. I, I know there's not thousands. But if God wants that, he will make it happen. I'll just keep doing it faithfully as much as I can. So I say every once in a while I just need to toss the junk aside and really bring you something that i think will help build you up. i had somebody the other day tell me, I, people don't want the G, jesus, you know, jesus didn't go around judging people. you know that. the bible tells us not to judge. judge not lest ye be judged before that because that judgment will be meted out to you. in other words, don't do things and then turn around and judge somebody else for the same thing or try to point your finger at this guy and say, look at he or she's doing. But yet you're doing the same thing or something similar. A lot of that's in the realm of adultery and those sexual sins that come up because they are so, prevalent in our society and and uh and what i mean is, the bible's very replete of it i mean just goes on and on about it <clears throat> there was a in the uh ancient days i think they may still do it some of them they had what they called the salt covenant now if you look in the bible you'll you'll see that there's there is a a covenant of salt i don't know if it it goes with this one but people would do this they'd carry a little bag of salt on their belt wherever they went and they would uh when they would meet somebody say sit down to eat or they had you know like say maybe they had a business meeting with somebody you know, we're going to we're going to do some we're going to trade some sheep and goats or whatever you know and uh you know to solidify their um relationship not my favorite word they would do what they called a salt covenant friends would do this say you met somebody and you became fast friends they would do a salt covenant what they did was they'd have that salt on their on a little bag of salt hanging off of their uh belt there or wherever or in their pocket wherever they wanted to do it they would open the bag, they'd take up this guy would take a pinch of salt from his bag, the other guy would take a pinch of salt from his, and they would drop the pinch of salt in each other's bag. Well, what does that mean? Think about it. The, no matter this is an unbreakable covenant. You can't say, I want you know what? I'm mad at you. Give me my salt back. Because you think about it grains of salt. you can't get your particular grains of salt back. It was a binding thing. You know, hey, we shake hands or you know kiss each other on the cheek, but this salt deal, you know put a little salt here and there. That's it. The salt is mingled together. My salt with yours. Therefore, we are connected by that. Well, I could just dump the salt out, whatever. That's not the idea. The idea here is once my grains of salt have entered yours, that's a binding thing. And that was, covenants were made like that. Now, men men are always good at breaking covenants. God never did. But, you know, that was another thing I learned with the, Book about salt and doing some, you know, studying of ancient uh, Near Eastern uh, mannerisms. It's a great idea, though. You you have a good friend. Pinch some salt back and forth, shake the bag. There's no way I can get my salt back. And then you you think about that when you go forward. You know, that, hey, this is, I'm bound to him. I made a covenant with that person. And it's the same when you have realized who Christ is. There are people that say, I gave up on church. It didn't work for me. Did you give up on Jesus as well? You made a, are you, did you, did you enter that covenant of, you know, I want to follow Jesus? But when things got rough, you decided, I don't want anything to do with that. I can do it better on my own. Make a covenant with Christ. He made one with us at the cross. We'll finish with Colossians. Colossians Colossians 4, go over there. Now, in a recap, because I like to do that, let's just, so we cover it all. Salt a preservative. That's our job to help preserve things from corrupting people, really. Those people in our circle as much as we can, and like I say, many people, they don't want to hear about Bible, Jesus, God, any of that stuff outside of church, except maybe to pray over the food. Other than that, that is off-limits conversation
1: because it's it's too divisive. You
0: can't, nobody agrees. And there's to a certain degree, that can be true. But the fact of the matter is, how do we keep our saltiness? You know, the Bible also speaks of men who gather together and iron sharpens iron. You know, when you're down, maybe your friend, he might come at you a little bit rougher than normal, but... That iron rubbing against each other sharpens the other. You keep the short, you know, like when you want to sharpen your butcher knife, you have a steel, they have the old steel that you would rub it. I never was good at that. But you get the idea. Salt losing its savor, becoming less usable, almost then to the point where you're thrown out and trampled under the foot of men. You don't want to fall into that. You don't want to become a Morano or Moreno. I'll be nice. But that's that's how the Bible writes. That's how the Bible flows. That's how it's there. And you know, people I, I don't want to hear that. You're calling me a moron. No, I'm not. I'm saying that if we don't exercise Our arms and legs, they become pretty much limp without strength. You have to exercise your biblical knowledge as well. And you do that through prayer and reading the Bible. And not just reading it, study it. Find somehow, if you don't know how to do that, there's little pamphlets you can pick up, how to study the Bible. There's people on the on the uh, YouTube and all over the place. Now be careful how you pick them, but they'll give you some great insights on how to study and learn the Bible. you know, you know trying to memorize it and 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 be able to recite things is awesome. I'm not very good at that, but get the concepts in your head. Practice them in your life. That's becoming salty. You know, it's a good thing to be salty once in a while, right? Colossians chapter four and verse number. I'm going to read five and six. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Now that'll also pop up in Ephesians. Talks about redeeming the time. Let your speech be always, or always, with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye might answer every man. man. In other words, seasoned with salt, seasoned with intelligence, biblical intelligence, seasoned so that it preserves, seasoned, so it's not rotting and corrupt. Season that thinking, so that when you have somebody come up against you, now let's say that's the negative side. Let's let's just say this: somebody who comes to you with a question or uh, something that is. Bothering them in their lives, you know, and they what do I do? And then you can you can you can answer them biblically. When people are at their lowest as far as life goes against them, they're more open to this book than they are when everything's rosy and good. And it's your opportunity to let your speech be always grace seasoned with salt that you may know how ye ought to answer every man men or women people don't always want you to just go off the cuff on them there are those that will come at you with anger or malice or they may just maybe they're just angry and they take it out on you Seasoned with salt, you have the ability to answer them and perhaps bring them back to earth, as we say, because people do. They get themselves wound up about stuff. When you get ignorant of the Bible, if you start to lose that savor you know, that's a wonderful thing about Jesus is some of sometimes we go through those pits in in life where we start to bottom out and we maybe lose our savor. S A V O U R. Not Savior, but Savor. Our, our taste. Our, we become tasteless. We become feckless. We need somebody to set us back straight, and that's Jesus. That's the Bible. That's prayer. That's good teachers, if you can find them. They're getting to be few and far between, it seems. But we need to realize that that stuff right there keeps us grounded in God, grounded in Christ. If the salt has lost its savor, it's tossed out and trampled under the feet of men. We don't want to be there. Because it goes along with that <laughs> confessing, or professing, professing to be wise. They have become fools. Don't lose your savor, stand fast. Follow the Lord wherever he leads you. I hope today was uplifting. It was what it was meant to be. Just give us a little boost. A little bit of Bible to get us through the rest of the week. We'll be back again soon. And I pray you'll be right here with us. This is Tom Rich of the Removing Confusion podcast. April the 11th, 2022. Have a great day. Till next time. Bye.